Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of MindTheSteelCurtain.com, and it is a somber Monday. No, no one died. Nothing like that happened. But in terms of being a football fan, in terms of being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, well, it's it feels pretty much like someone died. <laughs> the Steelers, I'm not making light of the situation. Trust me, the Steelers lose in Week 12 to the Cincinnati Bengals, 41 to 10. And I got to be honest, if you were someone that didn't watch this game live, maybe you didn't get it in your area. Maybe you are someone that recorded it. You went out and you were doing something, whether it was shopping for the holidays. Does it matter? Well. You didn't miss much first. If you recorded it, don't watch it. Delete it. Seriously. You don't want to put yourself through that. That's like cruel and unusual punishment. I feel like uh, maybe uh, the the Russian regime back in the day probably used that as a form of torture to get people to tell them what they wanted to know. Make them watch that Week 12 game against the Bengals. No, anything but that. Please, anything but that. But if you're someone that didn't watch it and you're like, I'm going to rely on the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast platform and Jeff to kind of fill me in, like what happened, what went wrong. Let me be honest with you. There is nothing that I can say or that anyone on this podcast platform can say that can come close to explaining or describing just how bad that was. It was one of the worst performances I have ever seen 
since being a Steeler fan, the games that I can remember back all the way back to 94, 93, I, th- this was difficult to watch. It was difficult to finish. And you can talk about the Detroit game. Now, not even close. Why? That was that was a competitive game. You can talk about the Chargers game. Maybe you felt the same way up until the fourth quarter. But no, that game was atrocious. But I want to make something very clear. And I said this on the post-game show. If you listen to it, uh, you heard me say this. I'm going to reiterate it again right here. That at Behind the Steel Curtain, whether you're talking about our editorial side, the written word, whether you're talking about the podcast side, and that's all of our podcasts, we are not going anywhere. I want to make that very clear. Whether you listen or not, and we hope you do, whether you listen or not has no bearing at all on what we do in terms of content. We are going to cover this team 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And that's through the regular season, through the off season, through the draft, free agency, uh, mini camp, training camp. We will have you covered. So if you're someone that even though the, the Steelers completely laid an egg at Paul Brown Stadium on Sunday, you still want to hear this. You still want to hear our takes. We're going to be here. We're going to be with you every step of the way. And so let me just start by a reminder that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, if you're someone that still wants to read about the team, what's going wrong, what's going right, were there any bright spots, it should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. I say that every week, and I honestly do mean it. And then also our podcast platform, wherever you get your podcasts, or Steelers, or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. All right, let's get the show on the road. We're going to get to winners and losers in the second half like we always do the day after a game. But for this one, I wanted to start off talking about a tweet that I put out there. There were a lot of people, as the game is unfolding, second half, you know, the the Bengals are pulling Joe Burrow and mixing out of the game because the game's in hand. It doesn't matter. Steelers kept their starters in, and there were some people that said, this Steelers team needed a gut check. This Steelers team needed to be brought back down to earth. They needed a wake-up call. And I was just thinking about those comments, and I said to myself, I don't think that's what was needed at all. This team wasn't maybe last year. You could have said that. Team starts off 11-0 and and then gets smacked in the face and finish 1-4. and no one, no one in their right mind thought that this was a perfect team, that this team was, you know, just blowing the doors off of people. No, that never happened. This team is, it's not about, this is not a morale thing. This is not a gut check thing. This is not a, we need a rah-rah speech from Cam Hayward or Ben Roethlisberger to fire up the troops. No, this is a talent thing. I'll say that one more time. This is a talent thing. This is a situation where the Steelers organization, for a variety of reasons, they just lack talent. The talent necessary to go out there and win these tough, highly contested football games. Whether you want to admit it or not, that's up to you. But this Cincinnati Bengals team is going to be a really tough team to beat for the foreseeable future. It looks like they found a good one in Joe Burrow. We knew Joe Mixon was talented. The offensive line, which everyone thought was going to be the Achilles heel, uh, seems to be playing better. And then also, you go a step further and say, well, on top of all that, Jamar Chase looks like he's out of this world. The defense, no one talks about the Bengals' defense, a very good group. 
Very good group. And I have to be honest, I hadn't looked at a lot of their stuff uh, leading into this game just because of the Thanksgiving holiday. I just didn't spend as much time as I usually do. But I'm impressed. Give credit where credit's due. I am impressed with this young Bengals team. They're going to be very, very tough down the stretch. But for the Steelers, the the talent level after the starters is just pain, painfully obvious. It's painfully obvious. The talent's just not there. You would have to be blind or dumb not to see that this is a talent thing for the Steelers. I mean, just think about this. When the when the salary cap dropped, everyone that follows the the Steelers closely in the offseason, they know the contract status of these players and where their cap space remains and who they're going to have to cut and why they're doing this and that and the other. It's like people always say, ah, well, you, you got rid of Hilton and Nelson. What? Okay, they did. They did that, but at the same time, they really didn't have much of a choice. I mean, if you want to keep other players, if you want to sign players like T.J. Watt, there's going to be casualties. You drop the salary cap at that same time, now you're handcuffed. And that's what the Steelers were. But this is a, this is a talent thing. When the Steelers are relying on the following players to be major contributors, not backups, major contributors, this is all you need to know. Players like Isaiah Loudermilk, a guy that we all thought was going to make the team because they traded into the fifth round to draft him out of Wisconsin, but that he was probably never going to see the field. We expected him to be a weekly inactive unless there's a slew of injuries. Now, when he misses week 11 because of a groin injury, shocker, groin injury, uh, fans are up in arms. Oh my gosh, no louder milk, really? Think about that. Arthur Millette, a guy that wasn't re-signed by the New York Jets, and they were not known for their defense. I thought Millette could be a good depth piece for the Steelers. I never felt he was the answer. It's being proven on a weekly basis that he's not the answer, but that's who the Steelers are having to rely on right now. I continue. Dan Moore Jr., Fourth-round selection out of Texas A&M. Pretty crazy story when you think about it. He gets drafted. He's supposed to be just the swing tackle. And all of a sudden, Zach Banner can't. He's not not ready. They move Chooks to his comfortable right tackle, and all of a sudden, he's starting. And he's not playing poorly. And he's kind of getting the job done. Or maybe maybe I should say the Steelers are getting the job done despite Dan Moore Jr., but I think it's pretty obvious right now when you watch the games and you watch the offensive line that his pedigree or lack thereof is pretty blatant. Continue. Kendrick Green. You know, so this is something that Dave Schofield and I have talked about a lot. Were these players like Dan Moore, like Kendrick Green, like Millette, and like Loudermilk, were they thrust into the starting lineup out of necessity or did they truly win that job? And that's something that we likely will never know. We can always guess and speculate. But this is, did Kendrick Green really win the center job? I mean, what was his competition? J.C. Hassenauer, B.J. Finney? That was it. I mean, I, I get it. J.C. Hassenauer's improved. I would really not consider him to be a world beater in any stretch of the imagination. It's a guy that was a backup at Alabama and got picked up by the Steelers because, well, Alabama's like, not this year, but normally they're a powerhouse. Continuing, Chris Wormley. I'm going to go by something that Jeffrey Benedict said in his cutting room floor. He also has said this on multiple film room articles for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. 
And that is Chris Wormley as a fourth defensive lineman is great at what he does. As a starter, someone that is a number two, that's now a liability. But that's what the Steelers are facing. And then lastly, James Pierre. We'll hear about James Pierre in the second half of this show. But James Pierre, I mean, they had him starting. An undrafted second-year player starting in place of Joe Hayden across from Cam Sutton. I'm sorry, he might be a very good quarterback and eventually. He might be a good depth piece, but right now, he's a liability. So when you start with players like that, and I could have gone, I could go on. I really could, but I'm not going to. When you start at start there, those type of players, and you look at, you know, the cap dropping was bad. There's no way around it. But the Steelers made their bed before this. They made that made their bed with some bad contracts having to carry over these, you know, you're redoing deals, you're kicking the can down the road. When you have a situation like the Steelers find themselves in right now, you find yourself with a year that things just are ugly. The cap dropping just, in my opinion, it just made it worse. It just was kind of like the putting it in bold or an exclamation point. But for me, the Steelers... And a lot of fans out there are always saying they need to rebuild. They're doing it right now. This is what it looks like for the Steelers. They're going to go out there. They're going to try and be as competitive as possible. But you're clearly seeing that their roster is just not up to snuff. It's just not good enough. It's not good enough to compete. It's not good enough. You would need almost like the perfect storm for this team to go on a real legitimate run at a Super Bowl. I'm not even sure if that perfect storm exists in 2021. But this is what a rebuild looks like for the Steelers. And I got to be honest, if this is what a rebuild looks like for the Steelers, I'll take it. (laughs) What I mean by that is I'll take it. I mean, you think about what it required with, uh, in 2003, before Ben Roethlisberger was drafted in 2004, it was a 6-10 season with Tommy Maddox, the quarterback. I remember that season well. It was the first time I ever went to Heinz Field. I saw them, I believe it was the last home game against the San Diego Chargers, and they won that game. But I, I, it was just a dreadful season. Now, this season might just continue a downward spiral, and we might sit back and say, boy, that 2021 season was bad, and it led to maybe better draft positioning or anything like that. But that, that's neither here nor there. What I'm saying is that this is what a rebuild looks like within the Steelers organization. And when I say I'll take it, I mean that they're still competitive. Were they competitive on Sunday? No. Anyone with a brain knows they weren't, and two eyes, knows they weren't competitive on Sunday. Have they been competitive all this season outside of that game? Yeah, they pretty much have been. And so if this is what it looks like, they're going to be in games, they're going to scratch and claw their way to a a mediocre 8-9 win season, then so be it. But this is what happens. This is what a rebuild looks like for the Steelers. And some will bemoan it and say they're always just going to end up with a middle-of-the-road draft pick and they're never going to be able to do this and do that. Yeah, all right, I get what you're saying. But at the same time, would you rather a 6-10, and 10, the equivalent of that 2003 season, would you want that all the time when things just aren't going your way? I wouldn't. I'd rather them be competitive. And they are slowly rebuilding the nucleus of this team. They, they are. Look at it. They, got, they have some young talent coming in, whether it's on offense, players like Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, Chase Claypool, 
Deontay Johnson. You look at the offensive line. You know, Dan Moore, he, he might not be good enough now, but I think that he's only going to get better. His experience is going to do him extremely well in the future. Kendrick Green, same. Chooks for still a young player. And then, yes, there's that glaring quarterback position, which I'm not downplaying that. But ultimately, when I think about the offense, they have a good young core nucleus there. And then you look at the defense and you say, okay, this is a little bit different. You have TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, that's good. Cam Hayward's getting older. Tyson Aluwalu's getting older. Devin Bush, we're not sure about his health and his return. Joe Schobert's probably not going to be around. Minka Fitzpatrick has a lot of years left. Terrell Edmonds, we're not sure. Joe Hayden, we're not sure. Cam Sutton's going to be back for at least another season. There's more questions on the defense to me than there are on the offense. That should be scary. But for me... This is not about morale, to bring it all the way back to where we started. This isn't about morale. This is not about the Steelers needing a players-only meeting. If I hear that, which I'm sure we will this week, they had a players-only meeting, whatever. Whoop-de-doo. For me, it's about the fact that they just don't have the talent right now. Now, if Carlos Davis comes back, Stephon Tewitt were able to come back, if you have um, maybe like Zach Banner comes into the offensive line and he makes a difference, then maybe we're talking about something different, but ultimately they just lack the talent right now. They just lack the talent. Let's call a spade a spade. But let's get to the second segment. Winners and losers time. We have a lot of winner. Oh, sorry. Boy, what a, yeah, didn't mean to say that. Not many winners and a whole lot of losers. To be exact, two winners and 10 losers. We have a lot to talk about. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, senior editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and it's the winners and losers time. This podcast, every time there's a game, that's what we do is we do the winners and losers. And here we go with two winners and 10 losers. We always start with the winners. We want to start off on a positive. And the winners were both pass catchers. We're going to start off with Deontay Johnson. His stat line is as follows. Nine catches for 95 yards on 14 targets. Now, the uh, the pass catchers were a position that, that I found the winners in this game. And the reason why is... They can't throw themselves the football, but I mean, that's literally, they, don't, they can't do that. But I'll say this, uh, Deontay Johnson has improved, in my opinion, by leaps and bounds this season. His route running is much better. He has essentially eliminated the drops from his game that plagued him in 2020, and he is still a very lethal weapon whenever he has the ball in his hands. Very slippery. I thought that Johnson on Sunday at, at Paul Brown Stadium was one of the few players who stepped up in a big way. I'm impressed with him. I'm really, really impressed with his game. If he continues on this path, 
Um, he's very well going to be one of the Steelers' answers on offense moving forward. Next winner, Pat Fryermuth. Listen to the stat line, four catches on four targets for 40 yards, and he did have one really nice touchdown reception. Uh, it seemed like, though, the Steelers all but ignored Fryermuth the majority of the game. But when the ball was thrown his way, what does he do? He always does. He catches the ball. And he made tough, contested catches. I thought his touchdown reception was tremendous. His sixth catch touchdown of the season. He's not just showing that, like, second-round pick, people thought he was drafted too high. I think he's very much every bit of that type of player that he should have been selected on uh, in the second round on day two of the draft. But really, he should be a significant member of the weekly offensive game plan. I'm not sure why he isn't. But Fryermuth also, this was news that came after the game from Mike Tomlin, was I guess he took a shot to the head, and he's probably being evaluated for a concussion. We'll see if he is. If he were, that would be really bad news considering the fact that Eric Ebron just found his way to the injured reserve or IR uh, with a knee injury so that they cannot afford to have an injury uh, there at the tight end position. But those are the only two winners, Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth. Two pass catchers. Let's go to the losers. Uh, the number one loser is is tackling. Uh, when I'm looking at the tackling, I'm looking at a stat line that it just continues to be a storyline. I I want to make it very clear that the stat of missed tackles is not an official stat. It's not. It's not a statistic where you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, well, ESPN has a five missed tackles. No, it's, it's not a, it's not, it's not that. So, but when I think about the tackling, it's, it's what else needs to be said. I don't think the tackling was as bad as it was in LA against the Chargers on Sunday night football. It certainly wasn't good though. Uh, the Bengals ball carriers, they were constantly falling forward. That's something Cam Hayward spoke about after the game. And rarely did they go down on first contact. It's bad. The tackling is atrocious. And I think that the players, the collective bargaining agreement, the CBA that they signed, they're not allowed to practice with pads. So people that are like all the time. So when people say, ah, these players are soft, the players don't want to practice with pads on because they don't want to get hurt. And I get that. But at the same time, the product, i.e. tackling, is going to suffer. And that's why it's on the losers list. The offensive line is the next loser. They had three sacks that surrendered, 3.4 yards per carry, Uh, On the ground was what they were able to muster, the Steelers' running game, and they only accrued 263 yards passing. Now, you might look at Roethlisberger's 263 yards passing and think, well, ah, that's not too bad. That wasn't too bad, 263. Uh, Let's not forget when the majority of those yards were gained, and that is in garbage time. The Steelers' offense was bad, and it really starts up front. That offensive line, there were no holes for Najee Harris to run. Kendrick Green snaps continue to be an issue at times. And, and Roethlisberger was feeling pressure on more than one occasion. He said that on the uh, Mike Hilton pick six, the pass was intended for James Washington. His arm got hit as he threw. So that was probably one of the reasons why it came out a little high and soft. It was a floater. Not a good day for the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line in any stretch of the imagination. But we're not done. We are far from done. There's plenty more losers to get through. The next loser is the rush defense. Listen to these numbers the Bengals rushing attack put up. 38 rushes, 198 yards, 5.2 yards per carry, two touchdowns surrendered with a 32-yard long, 
It is crazy to fathom, but this is the truth. This defense has gone from a top 10 rush defense at the quarter pole of the season. Now they're nearing the bottom 10, if not worse, of the NFL entering the waning weeks of the regular season. In Mike Tomlin's words, this rush defense is trending down. Their arrow is pointing straight down. They can't stop anyone. And this isn't as if Tyson Alualu just got hurt. He's been hurt since week two. There is something else going on with this rush defense. You can talk inside linebackers. You can talk about the defensive front. There haven't been any other major injuries to note in that area. The rush defense is in a bad way, and they better fix it, or else none of this matters. None of it. Next loser, Ben Roethlisberger. Stat line, 24 of 41, 263 yards, a 6.4-yard average, one touchdown, Two interceptions, was had three sacks for 13 yards, a 65.4 rating, and one fumble. Now, look, I've avoided putting Roethlisberger on the loser's list in the past, especially these past few weeks, because, well, I never truly felt that his play was the reason the team won or lost the game. There have been moments where he did find his way on the winner's list. He's been on the loser's list before, but that wasn't the case on Sunday. This game was... You could tell the game plan was we're going to come out and throw the football. And when you do that, your quarterback has to do a couple things. Make accurate throws and protect the ball. Didn't do that. Didn't do either, in my opinion. Uh, The reason the Steelers had some success, you know, think about that one and three start, what happens afterwards, was that Roethlisberger was protecting the football. You can't account for three turnovers and expect to win. It just doesn't work that way. Ben Roethlisberger is capable of more. Is he capable of doing what he used to do? And that is capable of doing the, I'm going to just put the team on my back and let's go win the game. I don't think he is. I don't think he is. Is he still capable of winning games? Absolutely. But they have to clean it up. Has to be more balanced, and they need a running game. And a lot of that comes back to the offensive line, but still, that's the state of the Steelers right now. Next loser is Chase Claypool. Stat line is three catches for 82 yards on eight targets. And you might look at that stat line and say, wow, Jeff, three catches, 82 yards? Like, that's incredible. Yeah, it is, but maybe some of this is on us, the fans. No, not not for, like, the poor performance, but for the lofty expectations that we've set on Claypool in this sophomore season. It isn't as if Claypool didn't have nice plays on Sunday. He did. I mean, the high, he's de- definitely getting better at high-pointing the ball. But my goodness, some of the struggles that he has. Like he, sometimes he struggles to stay on his feet, and it often looks like he's an overly emotional player. And sometimes it's good to have emotion, but sometimes it's also a bad thing to be overly emotional. The face-masking penalty Sunday, that was evidence of these issues with Claypool. Look, everyone always said that this guy could be the number one wide receiver. If he's going to be that number one wide receiver, then it's Claypool that needs to clean up certain aspects of his game, and that includes his overall attitude and demeanor on the field. Let's go to the next one, James Pierre. Stat line, four tackles, three solo. So James Pierre, he's a great story. He really is. Second-year undrafted player. He just kind of came out of nowhere. Like I don't remember anyone before 2020 talking about James Pierre like this guy. Watch out for this guy. Undrafted, he could be legit. I don't remember that. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I don't remember that. Now, he might actually turn into a decent backup cornerback for the Steelers, but right now, he is far from the answer if and when Joe Hayden leaves Pittsburgh. Can he improve? 
Absolutely, I would expect nothing more than James Pierre to continue to get better. But the growing pains that we're all witnessing week in and week out, it is painful to watch. James Pierre with his four tackles, three solo, got burned by T. Higgins on more than one occasion. He's on the losers list. They were targeting James Pierre. They put they knew that Minka Fitzpatrick would be shading that uh, Jamar Chase's side, and they attacked the other. That's exactly what they did. All right, next loser. It, I hate to do this, but the coaching staff. At some point, the decision-making has, has to come into question. So this could be, I feel like this could be an entire, if I were to write an article, it could be an entire podcast, it could be an entire article by itself. But this boils down to, to me, is ultimately there are moments when the team looks unprepared. It, they just do. I could be wrong, and the eye test isn't always 100%. It's not always 20-20. But my goodness, there are times when this team looks unprepared. And I'm talking when a team isn't just outmanned, because they were outmanned on Sunday. The Bengals roster it was a better roster. They were healthier, and they had better position players. It, it, you know, it, they, they were just a better team. But the Steelers were also outcoached, and it's noticeable. It was noticeable on Sunday. It's been noticeable other times. And this is not just, yes, Mike Tomlin is certainly to blame. Keith Butler, to blame. Everyone is to blame. Matt Canada, part of your process. That's why I said the coaching staff. I didn't say Mike Tomlin alone. If Mike Tomlin doesn't call timeouts where he's supposed to or challenges a dumb play, that's something I can single him out. He is the head of the snake. So in that regard, Mike Tomlin has to figure out, okay, here's the problem. He's got to figure out his coaching staff and how to get this right this ship. Or else he's going to be on that hot seat, folks. I hate to tell you that. I don't like saying that either. But he'll be on the hot seat if he doesn't get his act together and get that coaching staff getting him in the right the right spots. We'll put it that way. All right. Next loser is turnovers. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. The Steelers turned the ball over three times. All were Mr. Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger that did that. Uh, he had two interceptions. Boy, some of them were costly. He had the fumble. I mean, this is a fragile football team. And if you're fragile, you cannot sustain turnovers. Exhibit A was at Paul Brown Stadium on Sunday. Those three turnovers, regardless of who's to blame, whether it's the offensive line, a bad route run by a receiver, they are backbreakers. If this team wants to beat anyone, they can't find themselves on the negative in the turnover differential, and that's exactly what they did on Sunday with only getting one takeaway and turning it over three times. Next loser, third down defense and the red zone defense. Now, the stat line for this is that the Bengals went 5 for 11 on third down, and they were 3 for 4 in the red zone. The third down numbers don't look bad, but they were padded by the fact that Joe Burrow was basically just taken out with the vast majority of the fourth quarter remaining. The Steelers' defense only really stopped Burrow in his starting offense twice. The first was after Roethlisberger's first interception. The Steelers had a goal line stand, which is the only time they failed to score in the red zone. And then the other was when they finally forced a punt in the third quarter. The first time the Steelers forced a punt, a Cincinnati punt was in the third quarter. You know, you can talk about you know back and forth football. You can talk about the way that the Chargers game was going. The difference is in the Chargers game on Sunday night, the Steelers had only punted once as well. They were matching the Chargers back and forth. This was not the case, and that's a problem. Last loser, the tenth and final, 
or penalties and self-inflicted wounds. The stat line here is the Steelers had four penalties for 30 yards. You're thinking, well, Jeff, that's not too bad, only 30 yards. It's not about the quantity. It's not about the quantity of yards either. It's about when the penalties occur. These pre-snap penalties on offense and defense, defensive pass interference calls, and absolutely boneheaded personal fouls just can't happen. Not to a team that is this fragile, like I just mentioned. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that need to clean it up in a lot of ways. They need to clean it up in tackling. They need to clean it up with turnovers. They need to clean it up with penalties. This team, I hate to say it, but they're kind of in dire straits right now. You're looking at a 5-5-1 team. They're getting ready to host the Baltimore Ravens, and that starts a slew of difficult games for the Steelers down the stretch in the remaining games of this 2021 regular season. If they want to win, well, they better get their act together. It's all there is to it. But that's all I had. Two winners and 10 losers for the Pittsburgh Steelers after Sunday's abysmal performance against the Cincinnati Bengals. Like I said earlier in the show, we are going to be with you as at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and on our podcast platform, no matter what. But for fans, I hope you stick with us. The Steelers are still in it. You might not believe it, but they are. So as a quick reminder, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. On top of that, wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers, Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. All right, I'm Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. As we always finish out here, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.